This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Hey everybody, it's Chris Atterbury, host of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Now this is the podcast version, which is pretty cool because you get uh, a little bit more content and sometimes stuff we don't have uh, time to squeeze into our regular over-the-air version, including this week when... Well, we had an interesting start to the program. You see, I was doing my research on Jeremy Hefner, and I knew that he hit a home run in his first game. It's something we talked about on the program. I knew he hit it off Joe Blanton, so when I reached out and tried to track him down before the show, well, the show got off to an interesting start. Hello? Yeah, this is Joe Blanton. I want that home run ball back. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) It's Atterbury. What's up? Oh, I was like, that, that was good, man. That was really good. Because I've never talked to Joe Blanton, and so I had. <laughs> hey, I'll remember that one for a long oh, time. Oh, that, that made really my day. Good. That made that my really day. Good. Let's start with Jeremy Hefner. And Jeremy Hefner is no stranger to the Twins organization. You heard him referenced last week by Taylor Rogers on this program as the weapon based on the idea that he's been a secret weapon uh, working as an advanced scout out of the Twins clubhouse the last couple of years. And Hef, you are secret no more. You're still going to be the weapon, but you are back in uniform now. And I want to make sure you get the name right. We used to call it the bullpen coach. Not really what we're calling it anymore, though. You're the co-pitching coach, correct? Yeah, assistant pitching coach, whatever whatever role you want to name. You know, that's the, kind of the game changing in, in that space where you don't have like one guy in charge of the bullpen, one guy in charge of the starters. You know, me and Wes kind of tag team. Um, these are our guys and, and our group, and we're going to work together to, to get the most out of them and, and win some ball games. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And first and foremost, I have to ask you, as a guy who played in the big leagues, you, you had an extensive professional career, minor and major leagues. Uh, what what does it mean to you when you found out you were going to be back in uniform? I know it's something you and I have discussed in the past. As much as you loved and excelled as the advanced scout, when everybody else gets to break out into that afternoon sun or under the lights of the ballpark and you have to stay indoors, that that can be tough. Yeah, um, coming off the field a couple of years ago, I'm grateful for the opportunity that the Twins gave me to learn, to learn the other side of the game. Um, and to and to really dive in and to not necessarily experiment, but just to kind of you know uh, a wide field to, to to look at and to um, to learn and grow and and now I, I kind of grow out of that learn I'm still learning and growing, but I'm I'm more applying now um, on on the field to to Trevor and to and to and to Raj um, the guys you mentioned earlier and the rest of the group um, and hopefully. 
um, get us to a point where we're clicking on all cylinders down in the bullpen and and we're we're bringing guys in in advantageous situations and we're and we're using our pitches correctly and we're developing our pitches and and we're and we're continuing to get better at, at the big league level and that's something as a player that I had in spurts but it was it rarely and that's not a knock on my former pitching coaches or you know we did the best we could with the information that we had and there there's a lot more information now and and a lot more a lot better ways to inform decision making and and so hopefully we can get to the point where we're using all those to make the best decisions possible and, and develop most efficiently and effectively. Yeah, well, well, I was teasing you because you were quoted in an article about something about seeking, I forget the phrase, the seeking of outs or, or uh, maximizing outs or, or something along those lines, and that's kind of what, you're, uh, what you're, you're getting to, right? I believe it was, yeah, here it was. It was run prevention type ideas. That, that's your slogan, right? Yeah, run prevention. So that's, that's everything. That's where we're positioned on the field. Um, that's the, the pitcher-hitter confrontation, what pitches we should be throwing. Is it the pitcher's strength to the hitter's weaknesses? Is it do we shift here, do we not shift here? Um, the speed of the runner. Like everything that could possibly happen that could create a run for the other team, like how do we suppress that? And um, that's, that's the goal. Um, and how, how fast can we get 27 out? Now you uh, and hopefully and hopefully use the least amount of pitchers as possible. Now you mentioned uh, the changing of the game and even your role and the way you guys are approaching it. And there is so much more information. When you were coming up in, through the minors into the major leagues, and certainly for me as a fan, when you heard bullpen coach at the time, it was almost always gave you an image of the the crusty old catcher. Uh, out there, you know, and and uh, Rick Stelmazic was perfect in that role for so many years. He really epitomized that uh, the loyal twin, and and that's different. And it started, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. You start seeing more former pitchers in that role, uh, even Eddie Gordado, your your predecessor out there. But is if that's been a a major seismic shift in terms of how that spot on a on a staff is utilized? Yeah, I mean. With with the starter, and you have the pitching coach in the, in the dugout, they have constant communication with the game plan. Do we adjust off the game plan? How how are we feeling? How's the catcher calling the game? Like you have that triangle to and conversation and constant communication throughout the game. But in the bullpen, you're isolated, so you don't really have that communication. And then take it a step further: when a guy comes in the game, the last person to talk to that pitcher before he comes to the game is that particular coach. And so having someone in that position who has lived that life and has, has made that jog in from the bullpen and knows, knows what's going on, the butterflies or the heart racing or whatever, like putting all that at ease and um, having a plan and, and we're going to go execute a plan or, or whatever the case may be, whatever the messaging is, like having someone in that space that can execute on that, I think that's what you're starting to see with these new uh, – new types of bullpen coaches, Mark Pryor in LA, Matt Bushman just got it. One of my former teammates uh, with the Padres is uh, the, the Blue Jays pitching coach or the bullpen coach. Now Scott Atchison, another one of my former teammates is the bullpen coach in Cleveland. Um, so you have a lot of former players now in that type of role. 
Yeah, Scott Atchison, who was often uh, teased. He was one of the great guys in the game when he was with Cleveland. People used to ask him when he played with Ty Cobb and whatnot. He had that great <laughs> silver head of hair, right? Remember all the right, all right. the jokes oh, about yeah. Scott Atchison? Then he'd just come in and get you out. Uh, I want to talk right. about, about Wes Johnson and your relationship. He's the new Twins pitching coach, of course, and, and we've had a chance to talk to him a little bit. Looking forward to, to hearing him have a broader canvas to expound on some of his ideas and, and his communication style. But you and he have taken a, a great step in not only your relationship as people kind of sharing this this part of the club, but you guys have actually gone out uh, and knocked on some doors and, and gone face to face with some of your pitchers. Yeah, Wes is great. Um, his knowledge base on biomechanics, on pitch usage, on you know trackman stuff, on relationship relation relations with the pitcher. Um, he's had a long track record of being able to execute on all of those things, and I've learned you know just in our six weeks or two months or however long we've been um, working together. I've learned a ton from him and that he's going to be great for the twins. I think, I think twins fans will, will see like, yes, we are using more information to drive our decisions, but the game, the game really hasn't changed in a lot of ways. Like you still need to be able to relate to players and you still need to be able to be effective communicators and all of those types of things still haven't changed. They're still the same. And Wes does a great job with on that, on that side of things. So um, yeah. And uh, we've been fortunate enough um to kind of go on this pitching tour of the USA and see, see some of our guys and um, just get a check in on them and, and with a new staff, like kind of put some of those um, unanswered questions to rest before they get to spring. So we can, once they get to Fort Myers, we can hit the ground running and, and set off on a, on a really positive 2019. And you're not that far removed from your playing career. And as a guy who never really had it made, right? You were never a guy who, uh, you know, just just showed up and knew his spot was secure at the top end of a rotation. I have to think from that perspective, get a knock on the front door and seeing your two pitching coaches standing there, like that makes you feel welcome, makes you feel wanted. I, I would think that, that that is something that would still resonate with you so shortly removed from playing yourself. Um, the, the the reaction from the guys has been nothing but positive. Um, they've really liked us coming to their space, to their home, to the, where they work out in the off season. And we, we haven't really done much. We just kind of watched and talked and um, got, Wes has got to know the guys. Like I know all the guys um, just from my, my time the last two years, but Wes, this is the first time he's meeting face to face. So just being there and seeing how they work out. And, and we went and ate at some restaurants, their favorite restaurants and, just try to be with them for, for a few hours and, and try to get to know what they do in, in the off season. So hopefully in the future we can do more of it and really see everyone. Um, that would be the goal, but we'll see uh, what the future holds in that space. Yeah, excited and proactive. I like it. And then Twins Fest obviously on the horizon. Last one for you. You were so vital to the Twin success the last two years with your advanced scouting and the game planning and the preparation that's why all jokes aside, that secret weapon moniker that Taylor hangs on you was was earned, and it was it was merited. Now that you're back in uniform and you're executing on the field, will you be part of the process to figure out who's going to slide into that particular role that you were so good at? Uh, yes, short answer, yes. Um, first, I think I want to address, like, we severely underperformed last year. Like, last year was um, – like we, we wanted to do so much better, obviously, than, than the way we performed. So this year there's a renewed 
focus on making sure that we have best practices going and and that all starts with who who's going to kind of fill my shoes or the the, the time that I was spending on on game prep because I'll still be in that space a little bit um, with to, one to fulfill my role and two to make sure that the the new group is off off and running on the right foot. Um, so yeah, we're in process of of acquiring those uh, talented people and. Uh, excited to, to get them in the organization and get the ball rolling in that space, too. The voice of Jeremy Hefner. He's the assistant pitching coach. We're going to have three cuts with Hef a little bit later here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. First, some housekeeping here as we wrap up segment one. Uh, every week we have our uh, What's Brewing uh, competition. We throw out a question. Last week it was, who's going to close the majority of the games for the Minnesota Twins? Is it somebody on the roster currently uh, that you could choose and make an argument for? Is it somebody not yet on the roster and you win a, a package of Killebrew Root Beer products. Well, sadly, we didn't have any guesses. No, nobody wanted to wade into that end of the pool. We're going to award our prize pack, though, uh, to a guy whose name is probably familiar to a lot of Twins fans, Seth Stowes. Now, he didn't submit a, a guess. He rarely does. But he is an active listener of the program and a promoter of the program and of the Twins. He writes for Twins Daily. Seth does a great job kind of getting the message out there. So we're going to send him the root beer and we're going to hope that we get more people participatory this week in our What's Brewing competition. And we're going to tell you what that question is going to be when we are joined by Trevor Hildenberger from the Twins Winter Caravan next segment. And do stick around for more from Jeremy Hefner as he'll take three cuts to wrap up our show. It's all straight ahead, and it's right here on your home for Twins Baseball. It's a 2-2 count, and the pitch. He got him! Strike three swinging. Jones is gone. The Twins win 4-3. Tigers had the tying run on with nobody out. But Hildenberger struck out McCann. Reyes flied out. He strikes out Jones to end it. And the Twins hang on to win 4-3. Uh, there was never a doubt. Trevor Hildenberger picking up one of his handful of saves last year for the Minnesota Twins. That, of course, was the voice of my partner, Corey Provis. And wouldn't you know it, Corey Provis and Trevor Hildenberger sharing a bus this week as they are out on leg one of the Twins Winter Caravan. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And we are pleased to be joined from parts unknown, rolling through the farmland of Minnesota uh, by Trevor Hildenberger. I'm guessing, uh, Trevor, that uh, Corey's probably asleep. Is that is that a good guess? Uh, he might still be awake. We just got on the bus from a stop, but... Give him five minutes, he might be asleep. He'll be, he'll be icing his throat, looking for a uh, place to work out, and, uh, you know, otherwise uh, just practicing his voice. That's probably good. Hey, this is round two for you. I, I was fortunate last year to go with you and Taylor Rogers. We had a great time. We had a, what, we had a stampeding cow on the side of the road and a couple of other uh, adventures along the way. How is year two being on the Winter Caravan different uh, than year one, when you really probably can't even formulate an expectation? Um, you know, it's fun. I, I'm glad that I'm going on a different leg and getting to see new cities and uh, a new group of twin fans, you know. And our bus hasn't got stuck on a bridge, so so far it's um, a little bit safer than last year, too. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I blacked that one out, where we got towed off the bridge after you and Taylor uh, slid around in those ice castles out in Stillwater. So, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're staying warm and your bus hasn't had to be towed. I do understand that you've been asked to the prom. Is that, is there, is that, how did that roll out? Yeah, that was uh, that was yesterday at Pipestone High School. Um, you know, we're out here traveling around to communities, inviting them to Twins games. I had no idea I would get an invitation back, so I was very flattered that um, a young lady invited me to her prom. Now, was it a creative 
invitation? I mean, did she get up? Uh, you know, did she make she, a card? She wrote prom with a question mark on a piece of binder paper and ripped it out of a folder, I think. Um, and then Corey called her up on stage. So um, she asked me in front of the whole school, and I said, sure. All right. So is she going to hold you to that? I mean, what if we've got a ball game, or can they work prom? We do. You know, we looked it up. It was We have a ball game April 27th. Um, so we're thinking we can do something else, maybe send a little video message or a bouquet of flowers or something. Maybe Sadie Hawkins. Maybe you guys can make it for a Sadie Hawkins dance in the <laughs> yeah. in, in the fall instead. Let me ask you, because as you alluded to, you get to do a lot of different things on Caravan. And, and last year you guys got to work out with the college team. Um, you, you know, you, you go and, and you do some interactive events like the Ice Castles and also some speeches and whatnot. You were new to it last year. This year, I believe you're with Steven Gonsalves. It's his first go-around. Uh, is it funny to see through his eyes um, what that first experience is like? You're coming off your first big league experience, and now you're getting a sense of just kind of how broad physically and literally Twins territory can be? Yeah, I think it's good for – it was good for me last year, and I think it's good for Steven this year to see how expansive Twins territory actually is. You know, it extends into both Dakotas, and um, I think they really pride themselves on being able to make it to games and that the Minnesota Twins and the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Vikings aren't just the Minneapolis teams. Like, they have such a big territory and have a, such a support system. Um, it's really cool to see and interact with. Now, one of my favorite parts is always, uh, inevitably, at some point of the week, uh, you, you get to just talking about baseball. And last year was really fun, you and Taylor kind of peppering Burt Blylevin. Uh, Hall of Famer Burt Blylevin. We found out, uh, unbeknownst to all of us, that he used to throw that breaking ball of his from a sidearm angle, kind of akin to, mm-hmm. to what you do. This year you've got uh, another Hall of Famer and Jack Morris uh, rolling around with you. Have you guys uh, gotten to that level of the conversation where you start talking pitching? We have. You know, a couple um, after program dinners we've been started talking pitching and um, have definitely gotten some questions about openers um, and the mindset you have going into a season and into a game and um, how to go through a lineup more than twice. And he's been talking to Steven a lot about um, starting games and going deep into games. And um, it's been great learning from him, and I hope to continue that over the next couple of days. Yeah, you got a few more days of that, and then uh, you'll be back for Twins Fest as well. Now, getting away from the caravan, uh, how has the rest of your offseason gone? You came off probably a bigger workload than you've had as a major leaguer. Uh, certainly a lot of ups, a lot more ups than downs. Uh, as you went into this offseason, did you have set goals in terms of, hey, I want to polish up this pitch, or I want to add this pitch, or I want to give another look because it is going to be a constant game of adjustment for you uh, against hitters in the American League? Yeah, like you said, it's a constant game of adjustments. I think um, I can take a lot away from 2018. Um, there were some ups and there were some downs. I think I was a little less consistent in the second half. And, you know, um, 73 appearances was a lot. So I took some a couple weeks off, and then I got right back after it uh, in October. And I've been training to get my body ready for another long season and another heavy workload. Um, you know, in terms of specifics, I think fastball command is really big for me. I think everything starts off that. If I can locate my sinker down in the zone to both sides of the plate, um, working it in and out, and then maybe finding another off-speed pitch to throw from over the top so they don't just sit dead red when I come over the top with a fastball, I think. Um, could be a big key for me and a big weapon moving forward. Now, obviously, another big change for all of you in the pitching ranks is with your pitching coach. Wes is in. Uh, did you have any relationship prior with him, and, and what has your relationship been since he was named the new pitching coach of the Twins? Yeah, I uh, I hadn't met him. I haven't met him yet, and I had no relationship uh, before he got hired, but he called me 
um, I was actually out in Japan, so um, he called me and we had a little conversation, five to ten minutes, and he just seems like a great guy and he's full of energy, and I know his, his reputation as a developer, so um, I hope to continue developing and um, and uh, I'm excited to work with him in spring training. Yeah, and the other element, obviously, is our first guest, and we're going to hear more from him in a bit, and that's Jeremy Hefner, who goes from being as Taylor likes to call him, the weapon, uh, to being in uniform and, and in the bullpen as well. You have a rapport already with Hef. Uh, and now that you're going to be spending a lot of time together in that bullpen, uh, how do you think his personality translates out in the pen in terms of those long hours wiling away? And, and what are some of his great strengths that you think will make this bullpen core even better? Yeah, Hef's a great guy. We've had him the last two years. Um, he was in the video room last year, and before that, I think he was an advanced scout. And You know, he really understands the game of baseball. I think one of his biggest um, assets is he's a great communicator. You know, when I was struggling early in the season last year, we had a conversation about where my hips needed to be, and that really helped me. And, um, you know, he can break down video with the best of them. He understands mechanics. He understands that everybody's individualized, that me and Raj aren't the same guy, and uh, Fernando Rodney and Addison Reed aren't the same guy. I think that um, he has a good grasp on that, and he won't try to make people um, all the same or cookie cutters, and um, I'm excited to work with him, too. Now, you're headed tonight to Wilmer, as you said, but you just dropped in a Japan uh, reference there uh, earlier. What was that trip all about, and and did you have some lasting memories or favorite parts? Yeah, that was a blast. I was there for 11 days with my fiance. Um, the reason we went out there was that she has family back there, and um, they were having a family reunion for somebody's birthday. So we had a celebration in the first two days, and then we kind of traveled around from there. We flew in to Tokyo. We traveled down to a community called Hakone, which is kind of um, more rural. It's in the mountains. It was gorgeous. Um, and then we went to Kyoto for a few days and then back to Tokyo uh, for a couple more days before we flew home. And the lasting memories, you know, food. Oh, my goodness. The food was amazing. <laughs> the ramen, the sushi, the Japanese breakfast is unbelievable. A lot of fish, um, right? And I a lot of fish, and I can't wait to go back. I hope I go every five years for the rest of my life. It was a great experience. And, and a lot of folks, and primarily I'm getting this from my wife who grew up like you in the Bay Area, a lot of comps physically in, in terms of the terrain and, and whatnot between parts of Japan and, and Northern California, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. There's, um, you know, transitions pretty seamlessly like California does from large metropolis area to farmland to mountains with snow. Uh, forests, beaches, so it's got everything. Yeah, outstanding. That uh, sounds like a great time to get away, and we look forward to hearing more about that even as the season rolls on. We'll let you get back to uh, to riding the bus and getting ready for another great stop on the Twins Winter Caravan. Uh, stay safe, stay out of the snowstorms, and don't get towed, and we'll see you at Twins Fest. All right, sounds good. See you at Twins Fest. All right, that's Trevor Hildenberger, outstanding Twins relief pitcher, and our guest here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. One final note before we duck out and come back with more from Jeremy Hefner. Every week we do our What's Brewing competition, and we encourage people to participate. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. You heard Trevor talk about some of the stops they've had and some of the things that, that they've been able to do on caravan. Sometimes they go curling. Sometimes there'll be an ice fishing tournament next week or a, a bowling outing or, or other interactive types of things. Our question to you this week, and you have a chance to win a prize package from Killebrew Root Beer, is what would you, as a fan, 
like as your ideal interactive Twins Caravan stop. If Trevor and Corey and Jack and Stephen were rolling into your community tonight or next week, what would you want to do? We're taking all ideas, and who knows, some of them might even become realities. We'll take the best one, and we'll award you a Killaroo Root Beer prize package. If you want to play, tweet at us. It's at Twins Radio, and use the hashtag Twins Radio. It's the What's Brewing competition. It's brought to you by our friends at Killaroo Root Beer. Back with more from Jeremy Hefner next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Whether you're listening in on one of our fine affiliates across Twins territory, whether you're joining us via Facebook Live, uh, if so, we'd love to hear from you and your comments on the program thus far. Or if you are podcasting this, maybe you're sweating away on the treadmill or running around the lake as you uh, catch up on your latest Twins uh, information. Jeremy Hefner, assistant pitching coach, has joined us. Trevor Hildenberger live from the caravan as well. And we'll wrap up now with Jeremy Hefner and three cuts, as we always do. Again, want to encourage everybody, no matter how you're downloading the program or ingesting the program, Everybody to participate in our What's Brewing competition brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. A chance to win a Killebrew prize pack. And again, we're saying what would be your ideal Twins Winter Caravan interaction? If you were a fan, Jeremy Hefner was on Twins Winter Caravan coming to your town. Would you want to bowl with him? Would you want to go curling? What is something unique uh, that you would want to do with your favorite Twins group? And right now, one of my favorite things to do, Hef, is the three cuts where I ask... Three questions. They may be baseball-related. They may not be. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're average. Uh, occasionally, they really stink, and you just kind of give us uh, the, the short and quick response. Do you think you're ready and prepared for that? Very prepared. All right, very prepared. Now, you were primarily a starter throughout your career, but you spent a little time in the bullpen. You're headed back to the bullpen now. Do you have any great or radio-friendly stories you can share, your favorite memories that are seared in your brain from your time in the bullpen at any level of professional baseball? Yeah. Um, for me, it was, like you said, the, the, I was a starter most of my career, so my time in the big leagues, I would rotate from starting to relieving quite frequently, unfortunately. And that time was very formidable for me because I was able to, to learn different routines and different pitches and how guys warmed up. And, like, it really shaped me. Uh, John Roush, the former twin, um, Francisco, Tim Burdak, um, some of the other guys that I played with with the Mets, they really helped me um, kind of ease, ease my way into the bullpen setting. Tim Burdak, I remember watching Tim Burdak in an uh, independent league game when he was with the Joliet Jackhammers trying to work his way back, and eventually he did to the major leagues. All right, that's that's one. You got some, some bullpen influences there for you. Uh, moving on, last year you would share your little cubby hole in the cave there with then Corey Baker, who was doing the, the, re, the replays, the replay challenges. Mm-hmm. I would ask you this question all the time in private. Now I'm going to ask you publicly. Was there ever, or more importantly, should there have been some sort of celebration when you got a replay challenge right? You guys were in close quarters there, and if and when the call went out for a replay, what was generally, could you take us inside the cave when that was unfolding on the field? Yeah, so it's straight panic for about five seconds, and then because we have so many angles and so we have, I mean, everything's live feed and and you can make a decision very quickly. There's straight panic for five seconds. And then for the 20 seconds that, or 30 seconds that you get for uh, time to look, like it's actually very calm and quiet, kind of like you're in the eye of the storm. And then, um, then we make a decision, we send it back, and then we sit and wait. If we challenge, then we sit and wait and critique, like, 
was Corey's form right? Did he uh, did he hit the keys right? And you know, jab at him a little bit and kind of try to figure out what's going to happen, whether they're going to overturn it, it's going to stand, you know, whatever. And then if we got the call right, it was usually just a fist bump. We were pretty low key. We we should have been a little more. Uh, we should have enjoyed the wins a little more because they're kind of they kind of come and go in in spurts. So uh, yeah, pretty mellow. Um, once the call came back from uh, New York. All right, there you go. Look, look behind the curtain into the room. And our final question here is you had uh, a very memorable day uh, as a young major leaguer. I want to say it was your third game. You got your first major league win. You gave up mm-hmm. your first major league homer, and you hit your first major league home run all in the same game. First met, by the way, to ever get their first big league win and hit their first homer in the same game. Of the different elements of that day, which one stands out the most? And uh, can you walk us kind of through the, the the home runs? First, the one you served up, and then the one you whacked. Actually, I don't even remember the home run. So that's uh, I think I blocked that one from my memory. Brian um, Schneider. I oh Brian Schneider, that's right, lefty. Yeah, I hung a changeup. He hit it like seven rows deep in the on the Pepsi porch. And uh, in City Field, I remember now. Thank you for bringing that fond <laughs> memory back to back to me. Uh, no, Joe Blanton. Um, Joe Blanton was uh, the starter against me, and I think this was my second AB. And uh, he got I I worked the count. I act like I'm some sort of hitter. I worked the count to two one, and he was throwing ninety one to ninety two at that time. And so I just tried to time him up, and I closed my eyes and swung as hard as I could. And I hit it, and I made good contact. Like, I felt like I made good contact, but I thought, now we're going to go launch angle. I thought my launch angle was a little too high. And so I thought I'd maybe just fly out to the left fielder. And so I'm, I'm running at a pretty brisk pace to first base, and I hit first base, and I hear the crowd go crazy. So I'm like, okay, sweet, it dropped in. I'm going to get a double or whatever. So I look up, and I see the, the second base umpire, he's in towards – towards left field and he's given the home run call and i'm like what like there's there's no way that this is happening and so if you if you go back and look at the video as i'm rounding third i'm trying not to smile and then once i get into the dugout and you know r.a dickey and josh tolley my nickiest my catchers were you know there to pump me up and uh, scott harrison like all those guys that were on that team were there and they were they were happy for me and uh that was something i'll never forget um now the win uh, was interesting because I was a young player and my manager was Terry Collins and he 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 was kind of known for you know he would pull a guy pretty quick if he started to get into trouble and I think he's quoted after the game was saying you know we tried to stick with Heft through the fifth and sixth inning and um, I think I punched out um, Shane Victorino on a high fastball to get through the fifth or the sixth up two to one or three to one or something I can't remember exactly. And um, I, I really remember that pitch because I think Hunter Pence was on third, and so the tying run was on third, and we're getting later in the game. So that was a that was a really cool moment for me to to so, to keep our guys um, on the right side of the ledger there, and we ended up winning the game, and it was a really it was a really fun day. Home run Hefner, you can uh, double as the assistant <laughs> pitching coach, and maybe you can help uh, J Row out uh, a little bit if he needs uh, you know some work with the, the the pitchers when they when they take their swings. And maybe who knows, you know, maybe this is the year that that streak finally ends about a uh, the homerless streak for Twins hurlers. So maybe you can have uh, something to do with that. 
That's my priority number one goal for this year is for one of our pitchers at a homer. <laughs> well, you're the right man for the job. Jeremy, we appreciate it. It's going to be a whole lot of fun all year long. Look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks at Twins Fest. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, Jeremy Hefner, our guest, Trevor Hildenberger, as well, another great edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And again, however you're participating, we'd love to have your participation in our What's Brewing competition as well. And you may just find a big box of Killebrew Root Beer sitting on your doorstep over the course of the next week or so. Do stick around. Uh, next week, we'll uh, join you live from the Twins Winter Caravan. Looking forward to it right here on your home for Twins Baseball.